to the Bureau Briefing, a podcast by the Bureau of Digital, an organization devoted to giving digital professionals the support system they never had. Each episode, we're going to talk to a member of our community doing awesome, inspiring things. Now for your host, Carl Smith. It's great to be back here in the Bureau Studios, and today we have a very special guest, Dr. CJ Price. She is going to talk to us about how Gen Xers and Millennials can work together managing projects. It shouldn't be that hard, but you know, sometimes you have these generational differences, and she is going to help us through them. She's also going to be at the Digital PM Summit this October 20th through 22nd in Orlando. Don't wait too long to grab your tickets. That one is going fast. But before we get into today's conversation, I want to thank our sponsors. First up, Vogsy. Vogsy helps make everything better when you're running a digital services shop. Now, if you've currently got four apps that you've got kind of mashed up together and that's how you're trying to figure out how you're doing, stop it. Start looking at Vogsy as a way to truly look across your whole shop and figure out what's working and what's not. And also special thanks to MailChimp. If you're currently using MailChimp to manage your newsletter, your email marketing, look deeper. They can actually take that email marketing list and help you reach people on Instagram and on Facebook. It's amazing the different ways you can communicate with your audience with MailChimp as your marketing platform. And now let's get on with that conversation with Dr. Price. Now she is the CEO of Priceless Planning, the founder of Speak Loud, which is a youth-based nonprofit and also a best-selling author. So, you know, uh, without getting too, uh, you know, she's kind of a badass. I just want to say, Dr. Sajay Price, kind of a badass. Welcome to the Bureau Studios. We're glad to have you here today. Hello there. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. And as I was getting ready for this episode and I was researching you a little bit, I kept laughing because it kept feeling like I am going to learn so much, but also I am going to be one of the things that probably annoys you. (laughs) (laughs) because you talk about being passionate Mm -hmm. about organizational conflict. And Mm -hmm. I think that may have been my nickname in my first company. I'm not sure. (laughs) I may have said, Oh God, here comes OC. Um, But talk about that for a minute. What do you mean when you talk about organizational conflict? So organizational conflict um, in a very simplistic term, uh, well, way of describing it, it's ideally any conflict, so any disagreement, dispute that occurs um, within an organization. So meaning a company, a business, whether it's for-profit, non-profit. So think of any type of issue that can arise um, from it. That's what organizational or um, organizational conflict is. Okay. And, and so when you help your clients with, with your company, Priceless Planning, mm-hmm. is that what you do? Do you help streamline their process by helping smooth over some of the, the issues? Yes, that is exactly what I do. So um, while I know many in the field will disagree with it, I look at it, <laughs> I look at it as I am taking a preventative measure to organizational conflicts some of the times, and then sometimes I'm actually going in there and resolving it. Um, So a lot of the times um, it could be like, um, let's say team members are having issues in the company because they don't know what to do. And it may be as simply solving as creating a SOP. 
you know, a standard operating, um, standard operating procedure, um, or, or implementing new policies or developing new team member, um, routines. So different things, so different conflicts, and then there's different ways to resolve it within, within a, um, organization. Now, being that organizations are made up of humans, Mm -hmm. this seems to be the fatal flaw. (laughs) Yeah. So, so as you get in there, what are some of the common human issues that you see people butting up against as they're supposedly trying to work together? Um, when it comes on to small companies, like new companies, or I would say about one to five years, it's mostly um, issues that arise from operations. Um, and issues that arise from operations. So that's where, um, there may be a lack of operations or poor leadership or something like that. Um, those are common. Um, yeah, they're very common with the type of company. Well, when it's that size and then with larger companies, it's mostly issues with team members. So maybe a team member doesn't feel valued in there. So how can we create some sort of, um, membership program or definitely that generation clash, of course, where probably a supervisor is from a different generation and they have a younger generation individual and we know there's differences in personalities and stuff like that. So how can we find things and implement in the company to um, allow the team members to work together efficiently? Um, and some of the things, I mean, that can really happen, it, 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 it could be very simple and it can be complicated. It can be simple as, um, restructuring, changing role. Well, for me, that's simple restructuring changing roles <laughs> and all that stuff. But then again, it goes to the organized, it goes to the size of the company because a really big company restructuring is going to take a lot. Um, but yes, so that's the nerdiness. That's, um, <laughs> that's the type of issues that I see. Commonly. Okay, so so when they're younger mm-hmm. in in their journey, the companies are younger. They don't have any type of established operations. They're figuring out as they go, mm-hmm. and so that causes conflict. Makes perfect yep, sense because and then as they get more established, you have individuals who may feel out of sync or who may truly be out of sync with wherever the the core values and the the mission and vision of the individual organization is. Mm-hmm. So. When you help them, like, what is your process when you go in? Let's say it's a more established organization. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've shared this before on the show. Uh, we've been at, at events where, you know, the question gets asked of 50 people, how many of you have fired somebody in the last year because of a, a skills issue and no hands go mm-hmm. up? And then you ask the question, how many of you fired somebody over the last year because of a soft skills issue? And almost every hand goes up. So how do you help that individual or that organization when you go into the more established company and you see that there's this struggle? Um, the first thing that I like to do is definitely hear the whoever is in charge. So the CEO, supervisor, whatever their role is. I like to hear everything right. that's happening from their perspective and then also hear from the team members in um, perspective. So the first thing, I guess you can call that... Um, Um, an assessment. So assessing the situation, understanding what's happening, taking that, taking away my notes and looking at it from different point of views privately, and then going back with a solution. Um, And then, you know, it could also be 
you cannot I, well what i also have to look at is the issue of trust um you know going into a company mm. you don't want to just put yourself in and then they almost feel as if like you're coming to take over and especially right. if it's a younger generation that you're working with you definitely don't want to make it seem as if you're coming to take over <laughs> i feel a millennial so um yeah so you really have to be strategic in the process and assessing evaluating implementing and then repeating that process um, over and as much as needed until you get to the proper solution. But I mean, for me, I do believe that every conflict that occurs within an organization is definitely solvable. Um, it's just not inevitable because we're working with humans, as you just stated, and um, right. we're conflicting human beings. <laughs> we are, and, and we come up in such different mm-hmm. ways. And so I, I, I love the way that you address it from a generational perspective. And I, I do think that, especially my generation, the Gen X or MTV mm-hmm. generation sounds cooler, <laughs> but we'll go with Gen X. You know, I think we cop out. Uh-huh. And we blame things on millennial, like the participation generation, all these like things that are kind of horrible, uh-huh. actually. Uh, and so it's like some of the hardest working people I've known were born in mm-hmm. those years. Some of the smartest people, some of the most determined and passionate people. Right? I mean, for God's sakes, you're a doctor, <laughs> yeah. right? It's not like you sat there. They weren't handing out doctor degrees. They definitely weren't. I <laughs> no. worked for it. <laughs> so- I'm just curious, do you think, and maybe it's it, it's slowly melting, but do you think the Gen Xers are warming up to millennials? I don't think we have a choice. Um, That's a good point. There is limited choices, definitely. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it is a lack of um, clarity when it comes to society that realistically that every generation has had their stereotypes, you know? Um, you know, if you look at, let's say Gen Xers or even, um, the silent generation, which was like, um, the generations where we had a lot of the wars and stuff like that. And, the um, women's rights and stuff like that. They were known as a silent generation. So it was almost like every generation has a stereotype, well, different stereotypes that are placed on them. And, um, we as intellectual human beings have to be very cognizant and, and remind ourselves that of course it's not right to make stereotypical um, assumptions. So we definitely have to remember that. But, um, I do think that some Gen Xers are warming up to us millennials. Some are not. (laughs) Um, Some are not. Um, Some are finding us very valuable, especially individuals who are in marketing um, and stuff like that are finding us very valuable. But I do believe that everyone serves their unique role in society. Um, And we all have strength and weaknesses where the other doesn't. I, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> and I also say, you know, one of the things, and maybe, and, and that's, the, I, I think we all have a different idea of what the stereotype is. Mm-hmm. And as a human, I, I think for my stereotype, I'm trying to protect myself from my own weaknesses <laughs> by, <laughs> by projecting them off on an, another group, uh-huh. right? Another generation. But one of the things that, that I hear all the time is that, you know, especially in the digital space where we live, that the millennials are jumping from job to job so fast. But you know what? So are the Gen Xers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everybody's doing it. And yet they seem 
to get the millennials seem to get labeled with this. They're not going to stay for more than two years. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's the thing, because I don't think it's necessary. It's, it's true in some part and it's true and not. Now, um, when I did some research on this, um, if individuals look on each generation, each generation is faced with a different, um, culture or different economic status or something major has happened in every generation. Right. And the millennials in particular, um, we came up in an era where, um, you know, we're told to go to school, get the degree, all that stuff. So most of us, myself included, have tons of student loan debt that we have to pay off. So it's literally, it almost feels like a millennial is chasing the money. It's chasing the money, (laughs) you know, because you, you want to get out of debt. You want to still achieve your, your dream, you know? And so that is one of the things. And, you know, um, even I think most millennials also went through the first recession and then, you know, there talks of another recession as well. So I think, you know, yes, some may jump from job to job, but it comes with, um, you know, how much they're valued as an, how much you're valued as an employee. And I think companies who are trying to retain millennials have to be very um, strategic in that, you know, um, and, and then any employee, it's normal human nature that you want to feel appreciated. You want to feel needed within a company, any, you know, any, relationship any human interaction that that involves two people you want to feel appreciated so that raise a pay or the um the bonus or whatever it is you want to receive those items you want to feel as if like you are contributing to the core values the mission the vision the goal you know what are you doing so um i just think companies have to strive harder for not just millennials but you know any generations that's coming after us or you know before us yeah. to um retain retain yeah uh, again you know what dr price i'm just gonna <laughs> say i agree i'm good no but but what you're saying right now uh especially when it it comes to just this idea of working mm-hmm. together and appreciating each other. I mean, you can go back to Daniel Pink's book drive, right? If, if you look at, you have to be intrinsically feel that you're being treated fairly. You have to extrinsically yes. feel that you're being treated mm-hmm. fairly. And, and I would say as a business owner, now granted, I have a small team now. It is so hard on the extrinsic mm-hmm. part because everybody is putting on the happiest face possible on social and even though we're doing it too, we don't realize that my friend who just went to Facebook, who's now posting a photo next to a Ferrari, that's probably not yeah. hers. <laughs> but, and so everybody's intrinsic, extrinsic stuff is kind of out of yeah. whack because of social media. But uh, to your point of the generations that come next, uh, I've got two teenage mm-hmm. daughters. Now, I call them digital natives. I don't know what the official term for their generation yeah. will be. But they don't play. Yeah, they don't. They are, yeah. No, I think they're worse. Like, they're not, they're, well, I don't even mean to use the term worse, but they're very, they are going to be, like, stand up for your rights type situation. If they don't like something, oof. you will know they don't like it. So, 
to me is like many thought the millennials were like outspoken, but no, <laughs> no, the Gen Z, Gen Zs, um, I believe they are, they, they are outspoken and they will stand up and they will do petitions. They will be leading the next era uh, of protests. <laughs> so yeah, they don't play any games. Uh, yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. Right. And just in my household. <laughs> no, and, and actually, they're, they're great yeah. humans. They're great humans. And they are the people that I think I mm-hmm. wish I had been. You know, when I when I look back. Now, it's interesting because it, as we look at millennials, and we look at this, you know, moving from job to job or demanding certain things, well, they don't have retirement packages. I, I don't have one either. As a Gen Xer, I don't have one. The baby boomers yeah. had them. I think they were like the tail end of it. So we have to kind of earn it now. Now, what's interesting to me is when, when I look at the Gen Z's, my youngest daughter just turned mm-hmm. 16. She makes about 35 bucks an hour wow. doing makeup. Yeah. It is. I, yeah, I have, right? I've yet to get to a job. <laughs> Making that much so, an hour. Yeah. Exactly. And and we've had those conversations around does college matter? Well, you know, it's like if it matters to you as an individual, yes, it matters. If it if you want to start off like with front with you know loaded down with debt, no, that's not good. And pl- oh, and and also, do you want to have aging parents who covered that for you and then you've got to take care of them? So it's like either way, it becomes this weird thing. But but with the next generation coming into the workforce. I will tell you this. I know without a doubt, mm-hmm. both of my kids, if they walk in to a, an office, if an office <laughs> is a thing mm-hmm. and they walk into it and they see everybody looks the same, yep. they're going to walk back out. It's just not going to happen. And I was trying to explain that to somebody. I was like, diversity, equity, inclusion, this it's isn't not, an option. It's, it's a requirement. Not. It's a requirement because the next workforce that's coming in, they're yep. not going to play. I mean, it, it's going to be something they expect and not just because, I mean, we, we've had economic diversity. We've had all these, these issues that are slowly seeming not to get resolved, mm-hmm. but at least get addressed. Yes, they are. And they're aware of them. Yes, they are. It is, it is, um, it's, and, and that's what it comes down to. It is a new, it's, it's a changing workforce that is developing right now and that within itself it's going to be um conflicting you know and i've heard of um companies that's paying thousands of dollars to specialists that can help them figure out how to manage new generations coming in (laughs) and all these things um because they know they are aware that with every generation that's coming in it's new needs new demands that's coming in. And if they want to make sure that those employees are going to be meeting their company goals, which of course affect their money and the bottom line, then they have to make sure that they are happy and that there is no conflict. So whether that is, um, you know, allowing individuals to work from home or having a daycare facility within the job, you know, or something of that sort, or allowing that mom to leave early to go to ballet practice without feeling like they're going to lose the job, you know? So, um, all of these needs and values of different, um, individuals have to be taken into consideration because, um, after a while companies are going to start competing for, um, to retain their, their top, their top talent. Um, and I always say that's what happened, um, with the era of Facebook and Google when they just came, 
yeah, was it? Yeah, Facebook and Google. It was something happening, and um, allegedly the report said that Zuckerberg took all the employees. Yeah, and was like, don't be oh, Google. Yeah. But he knew how to retain them, you know? <laughs> he knew how to retain them, and so he took them and made them focus on his mission, vision, and values, you know? And, um, and he yeah. had the top talent. So it was like, yes, this new generation, especially when it comes to tech and STEM stuff, they are smart. And you need them. You, you have to retain them. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Well, you do. And, and so if, if you go back to the boomers, like with the, the people that I worked for when I first came out of college, it was a big deal to get to Casual Friday. Oh, <laughs> It was a big deal to not have to wear a suit. Uh huh. <laughs> and I remember, and then there had to be some rules because it was one individual. He was a very, very nice human, but he also liked to wear these high cut dolphin shorts. And we were like, nobody <laughs> needs that. So you have, yeah, you know, <laughs> like that was the big issue at work was casual Fridays have gone a little overboard. Mm-hmm. And then, then you look at my generation of, of ownership or leadership um, or poor leadership. And, uh, and we got to this idea of, open vacation mm-hmm. right and we got to this idea because we thought we were especially in the digital space we're competing with google and amazon and everybody else and the 20 percent rule where or 20 percent where we're gonna give everybody a friday to work on personal projects yeah you know it, i will say this kill i had a four I, I thought about this my company ran for 14 years and if we had been able to do more with that 20 percent we would have avoided a lot of problems. Even Google canceled that, right? Yeah. But regardless, but that was kind of it. So I can't even wait to see what happens when the millennials are running their companies uh-huh. and what they have to figure out for the, the Gen Z people. I know, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so trust me, I understand. And it's so funny because even now I'll have like my niece or my nephew help me on something and you want to hear how they negotiate their pay. <laughs> They're very, I'm like, why am I negotiating with a 15 year old? <laughs> like just do the job and take 20 bucks. I'm like 20 bucks. <laughs> uh, and they are, and they are so serious. <laughs> And they, they sit there, they count the money. So they're very serious. Yeah. But, um, but yes, it is so much is changing. And, um, you know, it's definitely going to be interesting. But with each new generation, um, companies definitely have to learn to um, adjust. Um, adjust and do accordingly. Because, like they say, like somebody can just leave and start their own company. And they may just hit it big. Or I've no, I've actually heard stories of individuals leaving a company because they don't feel um, appreciated, and then the company turning around and, and offering them a contract. Wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. That <laughs> makes good sense. Yeah. So um, definitely, especially if you are a major, major company, and you know that the generation workforce is changing, um, you have to innovate and 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 have employees want to show up to work because it's individuals going to work that are literally having anxiety attack and panic attacks and Uh. it's just you know i always say just just be human like think how would you want someone to treat you and nine out of ten times that's how your employee wants to be treated it's the golden rule yep right it's been there from the beginning of time that i know (laughs) so 
Well, Dr. Price, thank you so much for being on the show. I am excited to get to meet you in person. You're going to be at the Digital PM Summit, which is yes. this October 20th to 22nd in Orlando, sunny Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. And in October, it's not blisteringly hot. It's actually amazing. It's nice. It's very nice. And, <laughs> and you're going to educate us more on how Gen X and millennials can work together on managing projects. So I just can't wait. I'm excited for your talk. I am excited myself. Um Definitely looking forward to it and sharing all of my lovely research and information with you all. I'm so I'm very excited and thank you all for having me. You are so welcome. And for everybody listening, thank you so much. And we'll be back next week. Have a good one. Bye, y'all.